Ooh, so um, we are doing an episode. This is another episode of the Relationship Rhombus Show, which I'm yes. going to try and do every month. Try to do one of these. And Okay, I'm up for it. Yeah, and whoever can be on it, whether it's you, Stephanie, or hell, I don't care if it's MK, wh- whoever you know wants to show up and, and, and be on it. Like, I'm totally game for this. So, uh, but we're actually doing this from a hotel room. And we've got some very, uh, we, we have a, an interestingly rigged setup here. Uh, so if the audio quality isn't the usual studio quality that you're used to, well, that's why. But um, we're practically naked, so hey, you know, you, yeah. can, you can just imagine that for all you want. And uh, <laughs> Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. We just got out of a hot tub. Yeah, that was a nice hot tub. Really that was nice. like that's one of the best hot tubs I've ever been in. That Beautiful. was fantastic. Yeah. So okay, let's uh, let's see where we. Oh wow, we're only like a minute in. Okay, <laughs> so I felt like we were already talking for ten minutes. So I told Brian that the relationship rhombus podcast has to have at least four questions because a rhombus has four sides. This is true. Or four corners. Right. And then and it got me thinking about geometry. Yeah. But I want to think about relationships now, not geometry, so let's go. Okay, well, I'll just say this. I think you're cute. Aww. <laughs> sweetheart. Certainly your angle. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's let's open this up. And um, we'll start off with the question, have you ever... Is, is this one you wanted to start off with about movies and television? Uh, have you ever had sex while watching a movie or TV? Yes, we Let's have. Let's open that up. Yeah. We are, well, so so I don't know exactly. See, I kind of shortened some of these down. But I don't know if this specifically meant... I'd have to go back to the original. I don't know if this meant, did you and I do that? Or was did it like... Did we individually? Kinda, like ever? And, right. You know? Okay, well, let's answer both. Let's ways. answer both. So, okay. So, go ahead. You, you were saying yes, that we have. Tell me all about yeah, it. Yeah, well... Because I don't remember. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you totally do remember. Yeah. You're just saying that for a fact. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we have. Uh, sometimes on a Saturday night, Brian and I like to watch uh, 90s softcore porn. This is true. This is a genre of film that um, I rather enjoy because, hey, it's 90s, so how could you not like that? And um, B, it's like, I just, I like softcore porn. I'm, I'm one of those people who doesn't watch a lot of porn and has not been desensitized by the hardcore stuff. And so I see some tits, and it just turns me on. And I see people, you know, rubbing their bodies together. And yeah, you know what's going and on. I can fill in the blanks. And I really like that. And I, I love it when the movies have, like, somewhat of a plot. I mean, it can be a ridiculous, silly plot. But sure. as long as they make an attempt, it's better than nothing. And so I, I actually really like that. So, yeah, sometimes we'll curl up in bed with uh, one of these movies from Brian Stash. And he has, like, a whole folder with, like, gigabytes of these kinds of movies. Oh, I have a crazy amount of 90s He has a great collection. So we just kind of, uh, you know, choose one, and then we watch it, and we get surprisingly into the movie. And then, you know, sometimes we'll have sex while we finish it out. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, and this isn't anything new for longtime Sovereign Tech listeners. I mean, or maybe even Sex and Science Hour listeners. Like, I, I, yeah, I love 90s softcore porn. Like, it, yeah, it's just the hottest too. stuff ever I think we made. found each other, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even, you know, and look, I, I'm not knocking hardcore porn or anything like that, or I'm not knocking any other forms of porn. I mean, whatever, everybody's kind of, you know, different different folks, different strokes, or I think that's supposed to be the other way around, but whatever. Uh, 
But 90 softcore porn, I don't know, there's just like this perfect mixture of what makes something sexy, at least in my opinion. <laughs> um, you know, that's that's there. And, you know, like there's tons of lesbian scenes in 90s softcore porn. Um, admittedly, like I, there's got to be tons of gay softcore porn movies from the 90s, but I just don't, you know, gay is in, you know, uh, two guys. But I don't. I don't. I don't know of those, mm-hmm. but I'm certainly not opposed to those. If they existed, I'm sure they were fucking amazing. I don't know if there were tons because I mean, homophobia. This is was like, still pretty you know, rampant. HIV was like new. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much gay porn there was, but I I wouldn't say that it's the perfect mix of what makes something sexy. I mean, I could come up with a lot of criticisms of why they're problematic. I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> to use some terminology that some people are not going to like, but I mean. To start off, like, a lot of the women in these movies look nearly identical. It's oh, really sure, hard. sure, sure. It's really sure. hard to tell them apart. They really don't deviate from a specific body type, which is very thin with low body fat, pretty athletic, actually, and um, fake breasts. And not... I shouldn't say fake breasts. That sounds kind of mean. They have breast augmentation or breast implants, right? Because you just can't have really big boobs with low body fat. Like, that's not well, a combination. You can't. Yeah, there's some freaks of nature, but they're very rare. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just seems like a lot of the women have that same body type. And most of them are white women that are, you know, often blonde, sometimes brunettes or redheads. You'll uh, see them. I, I think that's kind of, I think the, the hair color thing is a little unfair. I think well, in hardcore porn was at the big time. in the nineties no, in no, California that, that's where true. All the porn was made. I yeah, mean, but it, would you agree that at least the movies we watched, it's lots of white women? Oh sure, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Though I would defend like a lot of these movies, scenes are taking place in the gym, and it kind of makes sense to have that body type, you know, you know. And, and I, I mean, I hear you, and yes, I wouldn't mind if there was a lot more diversity. Uh, in a lot of those realms, absolutely, and you know, no, no qualms there for me. But, but I think, I think there was a small degree of consistency in what they were putting on display mm-hmm. um, in these movies to the choice, some of the choices that they made. The color thing, yeah, no, they're, they're, you know, there, there certainly should have been more POCs. But yeah, I, I, I hear that. Sure. Well, one thing I will say that I liked about those movies is that the guys are actually attractive. Now. Yes, I did actually just say that. Um, <laughs> you won't hear me compliment the appearance of men very often, but um, I will say that the guys in those softcore porn movies are gorgeous, and generally, and they're much more attractive than guys in hardcore porn because mostly it's about the size of their dick and whether they can keep it hard and how much Viagra they can eat <laughs> than <laughs> how, what their face looks like if they are a pretty boy or not. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So we've watched those. I guess we can we can just we can cut to that. I mean, we we've watched those together. I don't know that we've ever like watched anything normal and started having sex or or anything like that. Yeah. Not no, together anyway. Not really. I mean, we've like I've fallen asleep during some movies, but we've never right. we never just like stopped took a break to have sex. Um, usually, if. If, if that happens, we would not continue watching it at the same time. Yeah. Because then it's just kind of distracting. Um, I will say that I have a strange habit where I have been known to 
put on a podcast, like just any podcast oh, that's on no. my podcatcher in the background while I masturbate sometimes. Oh, boy. Uh, just, yeah, it's it's not even really that I'm masturbating to the podcast or anything like that. It's just that there's something on in the background that's kind of like entertaining me at the same time. It's like a little extra dopamine hit. It's kind of weird, actually. I totally admit that. <laughs> but I can understand. Like that's I could picture myself developing that trait. Or not that trait, but that, um, uh, that, I don't know, whatever. Kink. (laughs) (laughs) Not kink. Uh, Just doing that. I could develop doing that if I didn't, like, like, if I lived, like, if I was back living with a family or something, and I didn't want to hear, like, the rest of the family, because that would be a complete turnoff. Yeah. I would do something like that. I could see that. But yeah, Yeah, sure, you do this. I actually think that's kind of how it started. Yeah, okay, was, that makes sense. W- like when I was in college and I didn't want to hear the other sounds that were coming from my dorm, so I'd just put right. on some headphones or something. Right. And, ooh, I wore out lots of vibrators when I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, okay, so, well, that, that's a bit of a shift on that. Um, but you're not, like, turned on by what you're listening to usually. No, I'm not turned on by what I'm listening to. Right. Um, I have a few podcasts that I listen to that are sexy, like there's... There's a podcast by an erotica narrator where she she does a uh, a show every week where she reads like an erotic short and um, that's kind of a turn on. Mm-hmm. I also listen to some sex podcasts like just you know kind of sex education stuff that sometimes will have a topic that turns me on. But um, generally, the ones I'm listening to while I'm masturbating are, like have nothing to do with my masturbation. It's just like something in the background. Yeah, right. <laughs> and right. I would not find that those podcasts sexy. I don't know. It's weird how my mind works. Although, I have to say, there was this one podcast that I used to love. Um, what was it called? Mia on Top, I think. And it was Mia Martina. And she, that's obviously a student. She ended up starting a family. She ended up having a baby. And her yeah. kid, her voice completely changed when she had a baby. But she had this really sexy voice. And she used to write her own erotic stories. And she did a podcast. And then she came out with a book. And... Her stories were all about this girlfriend that she had. Most of them were about this girlfriend that she had, Carmen, and, like, their sex life. And then she and Carmen... Like, there was some drama in there. Like, she and Carmen broke up and fought, and they had, like, this open relationship that was kind of fucked up. Mm -hmm. And then she started going to these, like, sex parties and, like, slutting around. And um, it was a great podcast. I don't think it's still around, unfortunately, I think she took it down, but that was my favorite top sexy podcast. If you can find that somewhere on the internet, um, you should listen to it because it's really, really hot. Okay, so now um, I mean, as far as like more direct on on the question, uh, yeah, I've I've done that. Like I've I've watched with other gals. Like I've watched TV shows or a movie and had sex, um, but what used to annoy me actually this is here's real insider this is my ex-wife if she didn't like something like if she didn't like a movie or something she would start to like want to play with my dick and and do whatever else whoa but here's the problem (laughs) like you'd think that'd be kind of hot or something uh no like because i i eventually knew what was going on was was that she was very bored with whatever we were watching and it's probably and usually be something i gave, gave a shit about you know, and cared. And so it almost came off as an as a, insult. Yeah, that's kind of a turn off. If you're yeah. like, if you're actually enjoying the show, you want to watch it. And you would love it if your partner was also interested in the same thing. But instead, she's like, 
giving you this signal that she's actually really bored. Yeah, I mean, like, and just tell me that you're bored. That's fine. Right. But instead, it turns into, you know, like, again, normally that would be a turn on. But when you know why it's happening and it happens every time, it's like, oh, you know, fuck this. That's just insane. So sorry. Oh, that's okay. So the other thing is, is that like when I go to the movies, like when when I'd actually go into theaters, Mm -hmm. I've never really been one for like fooling around in the theater, like because oh, I've done that. Sure. Well, I mean, I have too, but like I. But only because I was so young that I really had no space outside of my parents' house to go to fool around with somebody. Right. Neither did they. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the real reason why a lot of that happens. I mean, like, look, if I'm going to see a movie, I want to see the fucking movie. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, and, take, and Brian takes movies very seriously. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with me. Like, you know, I'm watching it, and like, I try to memorize what I'm seeing, and like, I really look for fine details. You really do, because you remember it years later, like lines and stuff. Yeah. So, so you know, that doesn't exactly work for me. Admittedly, like, it it is nice to like maybe play with a gal's tits you know while watching the film or something or she's like rubbing me or something like that like that can that can be all right but you know as far as going much further than that i don't know if i if i'm losing like that's just kind of part of cuddling though right like you like to cuddle while we're watching movies oh hell yeah and like you know there might be a little bit of fondling that comes with that yeah but it's not going to go to completion during the movie because right especially if we like the movie yeah exactly so so that's one that i'm you know that i'm not so much so much for uh but Anyway, all right, so, I mean, how about you? Have you, like, ever, you know, you're just watching a movie with a with a lover of yours or a TV show, and you just started, like, getting it on while you were watching it? I mean, that ever happened? Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, okay, so the first... And did you keep watching it? <laughs> or did you keep it on in the background anyway? So, one thing, that, the thing that came to mind, I have not thought about this in years. Oh, boy. But I had a friend in high school who was a guy, and look, I think he has since come out as gay. Um, and I, I believe that he is gay. Okay. Um, I kind of thought he was gay all along, but he wasn't out when we were friends in high school. And we were just, like, best friends, and we never did anything sexual. Like, it was always really platonic. And one day, like, we were at my house, and we were watching... The show Friends on TV, uh-huh. and I don't really know how it happened, but we kind of just started like rubbing up against each other a little bit, and and he was, was gay. It was really weird. Like, yeah, it, like nothing happened other than that, and like we even joked about it a couple times. Like, hey, want to go watch Friends or something? <laughs> um, I really think it was because like we were both just kind of lonely and fucking high school sucks and you'll do anything to get a respite from it. Sure. And he probably was like wondering if he was really gay and, you know, like testing it out. And I, since I was his friend, you know, and I was like probably one of the only girls that he could feel comfortable like doing something like that with. I think he, I think like that's why it happened. But, um, yeah, so we would joke about it for, like, years afterwards. Right. Even though it only happened that one time, and it was so little. Um, <laughs> we'd joke about watching Friends. But, um, yeah, I guess, so I guess that's one experience. Does that count? Yeah, no, I think that counts. Okay. 
Uh, how about like I mean, like theater sex? I mean, is that yes. you said you've done it, I but like, what, what do you think about it? Like, I mean, how do you feel? About uh, it? it was pretty terrible. I mean, uh-huh. because it was in the dark and it was like uncomfortable seats, and there's always that arm that goes in between the seats that like prevents you from really reaching across. And, yeah, like, you almost think they right put part. those there on purpose, like to keep people <laughs> from oh, blowing each other. Absolutely does. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Oh, I mean, there's ways to get around it. You can just kind of go, like, crawl under the seats. And... Sure, sure. <laughs> but then you're on this dirty movie theater seat that's like, oh, there's, like, popcorn and headlights and, like, all this disgusting shit. Uh, sticky sodas on the floor. Oh, uh, yeah, those were the bad old days. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. So, I know I've had... I've, I know I've fooled around in theaters, not actually had sex like PIV intercourse but I've definitely done like mutual masturbation and like oral sex in theaters I, I I don't I remember the sex I don't remember what movie we were even seeing oh actually I do I think one of them was like one of the Austin Powers movies I hope I wasn't like super young when those come out could that because that would be really creepy but um yeah, I I want to say it was one of the Austin Powers movies, but I'm not exactly sure. So yeah, I remember the sex like more than the movie. Nah, okay. <laughs> well, fair enough. Even though I think those movies are awesome. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I I agree. I mean, I think it was kind of impossible to concentrate on. It would be impossible to concentrate on both of those things at once. Either sure. it would distract you from the sex, or the sex would distract you from the movie, but you can't have both. Unless you're maybe like one of those very special people who has a great attention span or can concentrate on more than one thing at once. Right, right. Yeah. You know, like I actually, I used to get really annoyed about this um, because some, like, I mean, I, I got kind of sexually active young. But some of my friends had better luck with getting girlfriends, not just having sex, but, but having girlfriends or getting, you know, whatever, the, the, than I did. Mm-hmm. And there was a million times where, like, I thought we were all going to hang out and I'd get to hang out with the gals and my friends and everything. And we'd all be going to see the movie. But then they wouldn't actually see the movie. They're like, oh, hey, well, yeah, we're going to go over here, you know. And, and I'm like, oh, oh what the they just fuck, guys? Their like, alibi, so their parents would let them yeah, go. Yeah, it's like, God damn it. And, like, even I remember <laughs> my sister and her friends would do that. And they're like, hey, yeah, just give, tell us what the movie was about after the fact. So <gasps> and I'm like, oh, Ew, for, for shit's sake. your sister. Ew. I know. I know. It's crazy. Oh, my God. So, I would have been so mad. Yeah, I get, a, I get annoyed about that. I, you know, I think that might be part of the reason that I take movies so seriously uh, is because I experienced way too many people that that just didn't take them seriously at all. Yeah. Uh, like, like I mean, it was just... I mean, it, I don't know. It almost felt disrespectful. And, I mean, you're spending money on this crap. They bought, it sounded like they didn't buy tickets. They bought tickets because they had to show them. Oh, yeah, but that's like a ticket to a blowjob. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. To the movies. That's, that's way more exciting. That's what it is. So, anyway. All right, uh... I think we could maybe move off yeah, of that. Yeah, let's go. All right, how about, uh, but we can dovetail, because we've got another question that's kind of kind of relative. Uh, and it, that is, do either, or, oh wait, no, that's not it. Um, what do you think is the sexiest film ever made? Not porn. Oh, God. I don't fucking know. I'm not a film connoisseur. <laughs> not a, what do you, what well, do I you look ever, like, well, Siskel I, and Ebert? Yeah, well, <laughs> have you ever watched a movie and... 
like sure, like but I have no gone. time to prepare for this question, and I haven't had a chance and to you think about, about it. About it? Nothing well, comes to mind like off the bat. Okay, all right. So there is no sexy film. There, there are no sexy films. Well, but did Star I, Trek Into Darkness turn you on? I mean, not really. What the a, hell? a little bit. I mean, it was Star Trek, <laughs> so it was awesome, but it wasn't like sexual. I guess. Okay. How about all right? Here's a movie that I think had must have turned you on, or maybe that maybe creeped you out. What about Chloe? Do you remember that? that? Yes. Okay. No, that With did Amanda that did turn me on. Amanda Seyfried and Julianne Moore and uh, and Liam Neeson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes that that definitely turned me on. That is a sexy. That was a film. really sexy movie. Yeah. Uh, I Chloe, don't know if it was the sexiest of all time, but it was very sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, it's from 2009. It's like Amanda Seyfried's... I think it's her breakthrough, or her like her, her introductory role. Movie, yeah, she was on uh, Big Love before that. Was, was it before that? I think so. Or maybe around the same time. I don't know if it was before, or if this was her first her first gig. But anyway, yeah, that, that movie is so hot. Uh, I mean, because there's all kinds of sex happening in that. Oh, yeah. uh, that that's really really interesting. Great lesbian scenes as well. Yeah, uh, for me, I, as far as like the the sexiest film ever, I don't know. Like that that's that's kind of a broad question to ask because there's lots of things that I consider very sexy, but that aren't exactly sexy as in people are are having sex. You know. Um, like I, I think there's parts of Dune that D, that's D U N E the, the original you know uh, uh, eighty four David Lynch Dune that I think is incredibly sexy. I think there's parts of Blade Runner that are the original Blade Runner that are incredibly sexy. Um, you know, as far as like like a, a film that just that that really you know here's a movie that actually like that I that that kind of turned me on and I'll admit I fapped to like often when I was a younger guy. And that was uh, Howard Stern's Private Parts. Oh, you know, I never saw that. We'll have to watch that together. Yeah, like, like there's a scene where he has he has the the woman get on the speaker and she like rips her shirt open and everything. <laughs> like, I thought that was so fucking hot. Yeah. You know, and, and at, at the time, anyway, I know people have complaints about that, and and I and I understand where they're coming from, but uh, but that that was when I was younger. That was uh, that was really something. Um. But you know that is a tough question. Like to just say what is what is like what is absolutely the sexiest film um, of all time, and you can't say you know, and you can't say porn. You can't say like Caligula, which no, mm. it's not the sexiest. What movie about ever. like The Bodyguard or like Ghost or something? Those those movies. Yeah, I, I get the appeal. Dirty Dancing. Yeah, I get the appeal with all those, yeah. especially Ghost. Like mm. I like I, I totally understand that, and I I think that's a, I get Top Gun. Top Gun's mm-hmm. technically a very sexy film. In fact, the reason they never made a Top Gun two was because the U.S. Navy told Hollywood, no, you can't. Mm. Uh, because you're sexualizing what we do, right. you know. Because it was that it was that sexy. Yeah. Um, so, so I can see that. What were you going to say? Something. What about? I'm trying to think of the name of that movie. Um, uh, lethal Attraction. No, not Lethal Attraction. Fuck. Fatal Attraction. <sighs> not Fatal Attraction. Nine and a half weeks. No, not nine and a half weeks. Um, Fatal Attraction's hot. The one where with. Unfaithful? No. That's um, a hot movie. Holy shit. Oh, fuck it. I can't remember the name of it. Um, the one with where 
Sharon Stone, she like crosses her legs and like uncrosses them. Oh, she, where she's killing everybody with the ice pick. Yeah. Um, wow, you know, that's terrible because... <laughs> I can't remember the name like, of it. Like, yeah, because it's not... I can't think of it either. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's so bad because that's like one of the greatest movies ever. Yeah. The score alone, Jerry Goldsmith is, is phenomenal. Right. Um, yeah, that's sexy. All right, all right. No, you know what? I... So here's here are my I got two answers for you for the two sexiest films ever made. Okay, this is it straight up. Cruel Intentions. <gasps> oh, I love Cruel Intentions. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that, really good. That yeah. is so hot. Yeah, that, that movie is so crazy hot. And I I might give it to The Craft. Oh, The Craft. Is I think good The too, Craft yeah. is really sexy. That, that is a very very <laughs> that sexy. Is, film. Yeah, that's really good. So yeah, okay, we got a bunch of them. That's yeah, good. so there, there, there's contenders. A, Right, there's a bunch out there. I mean, I didn't even get into like shit like Porky's or um, or Porky's. Yeah, or uh, meatballs and, and anyway. Meatballs. Yeah, this is. They made sequels of this shit. I'm telling you. It was, it was, well, that doesn't mean it's sexy. Yeah, Revenge of the Nerds. Well, okay, there are problems with the movie Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, but, as with all movies around that time. Yeah, uh, but that is also a very sexy film. Anyway. Okay, so we don't exactly have a whole ton of... Oh, well, we laid out a bunch of movies that, that yeah, were, that were we good did. for that. we did. We a bunch. Um, I mean, like, if, if the... Yeah, all right, all right, here we go. So, I'll, I'll just say this. If, if the Buck Rogers... If the 1980, 1981 Buck Rogers pilot, which was released in theaters, the first two episodes, if that was considered a film, I would, I would easily grant that sexiest film of all time. In fact... During the opening credit scene, there's a there's a part where Aaron Gray like, and it's only in it's not when you watch it on TV, even though the TV version is a little more extended. The in the theatrical version, they have this whole opening sequence with this great song called "Far Beyond" or whatever the hell it is, and um, and there's this part where Aaron Gray, who plays uh, Commander Wilma or Colonel Wilma Deering in it, and she like just kind of like slides her leg, and she's like in this silver one piece bathing suit business. And I, I actually caused a warp in the tape. People may remember this with VHS tapes, where if, if you rewound it a lot and everything, you'd create like this warp in the tape. I created a warp in the tape at that part because I just thought, <laughs> and she'd like shake her hair, and I just thought that was so fucking hot. And and I I, I mean, and, and there's there's plenty of, of of just heat in in that in that first two hours of Buck Rogers, in, in my opinion. So I, I guess I'd give that top marks if that could be counted. So, all right, uh, let's um, let's move on to to another question here. Wow, we're twenty seven minutes in. So, all right, let's see if there's another one here, and then we'll go to the because uh, we actually asked in the Facebook Uncensored Ooh. group some questions, and we'll see if there's anything there. Um, is there? Oh, this this is nice. This kind of plays off of this too, kind of on the media side of things. Is there a certain type of music that you find better for making love to than others? What do you think? Um, or I can start. Off. I really okay. I'll I'll, I'll actually start off on okay, this one because sure, I think your it. answer is might be maybe is going to be better to the question asker. Um, I'm fine with my answer, but I don't think it's going to be what they're looking for. Sure. I think that literally any type of music can be fine. Can be great for having sex. It just depends on what you like and what kind of mood you're in. And there's really no wrong answer on this. Um, to me, the music doesn't matter as so much as what I'm actually experiencing, but it can change things. Like, for example, Brian, you and I have a favorite role play where we role play that you're like a massage therapist giving oh, yeah. erotic massage. And 
we like to put on, you know, like spa music in the background. That really yeah. helps enhance the scene. It really helps set the set the stage. So, right. uh, you know, I like that kind of music. I think that's nice. It kind of just fades into the background. Um, you know, I don't think the music should really be a centerpiece of what you're doing. It that the centerpiece should be more like the touch and the immediate experience of the other person, but um, it can enhance, I guess, a lovemaking scene. Sure. Yeah. No, that's valid. Um, so, okay. I think my is that is that your answer? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, how do you feel about? Wait, what about like some nineties R and B? I mean, you gotta like, you love that. Like, you can go it, to YouTube and type me in of the actual nineties. Right, well, sure. Well, that's theater. hot, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, you can I like, do this. I like R and B. I like rap. I like you know a lot of different kinds of music. I guess I I wouldn't country music but that's just, no, know. that's just me you know no way i mean like like you can go on youtube and you can type in music to get pregnant by or something right <laughs> yeah. and it comes up with you know fucking R- it comes up with R- 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 yeah and, you know all this r&b and, and d'angelo jams from the 90s. yeah right freak me baby oh yeah right they, you <laughs> yeah, know josie yeah yeah so yeah, I mean, and I, I could get behind that more so than a lot of other ones. Um, I really don't like um, a lot of a lot of the like soft rock kind of stuff. Like, I don't know the, that you would find on like the station that your parents listen to in the car radio. I mean, but that's just because of personal experience. Like, that's just because of, my mom used to drive me around in the it. car when I was a kid listening to that stuff, and I was like, oh, I hate this music. Michael Bolton, Kenny G, bleh, Yanni, <laughs> <laughs> Enya. <laughs> no way. Yeah, like, like I actually, I genuinely think that that a lot of what, like, say, Michael Bolton does is really sexy, mm-hmm. but I couldn't fuck to Michael, like, to Yeah, to no, it's to just it reminds you too much of your parents. So. Yeah, that, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I just couldn't do it, and I, I like, it, it'd be weird, because I'd be, you know, I'd be going doggy style and just be like, stale balls wrapped all around me, you know? Because <laughs> I'd start getting into it, <laughs> it'd be so bad. And I, that wasn't, like, a serious attempt at singing. But anyway, um, yeah, you know what? I think what might surprise people, like getting your fuck on to metal, doesn't really work. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't exactly happen. Yeah, it's not exactly rhythm music. You know. Yeah, I mean, which is ironic because That's, it's the same. Okay, I have a theory about that. Go for it. Can you dance to metal? Yeah, Dan- dance. I mean, not like mosh dance. Uh, it depends. It's hard, right? Sure. It's not the first kind of music you'd think of to dance to. Sure, that's fair. Okay, dancing is like sex. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, you can't argue. I'm a genius. No, well, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's interesting. But I mean, but but see here, but here's here's the here's the irony of that is that Kiss, Motley Crue, a lot of these other bands, it turns you on. I mean, like it turns me on like there's no tomorrow. You know, like, and it gets me warmed up. Like, there's no tomorrow. I mean, like, it's and and I could, you know, I I can I can masturbate to it, but yeah, get like fucking to it. It doesn't exactly work. I I think I don't know. Maybe it's just me, and and it just throws me out of it. I don't know, but but it doesn't it doesn't happen. Some of it works. Like the closest thing to a metal band or a hard rock band that I could fuck to, you can fuck to Foreigner. Like, Foreigner's music, you, you can really get it onto that. I've never really tried. Yeah, well, well, we got a hotel room. All right, yeah. <laughs> That's a challenge. Yeah. Um, so, 
But then, other than that, like, I don't know. Yeah, some of like the, the Japanese kind of music that I'll play when we're when we're role playing or something like that's good to fuck to. You mm-hmm. know, like the Japanese instrumental kind of stuff that you hear at a spa or something. Um, I one of my favorite things to ever like really make love to is um, Joe Goldsmith did the score for the movie called The Conqueror. I know this is going to sound ridiculous. Uh, but he did the soundtrack for that, and there's 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 whole segments of that soundtrack for that movie that are just some of the most beautiful music ever performed. And man, do can I really enjoy getting my fuck onto that? So that's an option, um, you know, as, as far as as far as that goes. That goes. So I don't know. Like, I think it's easier to say what doesn't work. Like, I think country and metal, like, like getting the fuck onto that doesn't doesn't exactly work. But a lot of those other music styles, yeah, it can happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it can happen. It's, it's whatever you like. Sure. So, okay, let's, uh, let's move on to, how are we doing? We got about 30 minutes in. Um, let's move on to some of the questions from the Sovereign Tech Uncensored Facebook group here. All right. Uh, and, all right, let's start it up. This is kind of a long one. Okay. I'm buckled in. Yeah, there's part of it I'm not going to read uh, because I'm not going to. I know which part because I've read gonna, it. Yeah, I'm not. I gonna, know exactly which part you're not going to read. Yes, because I'm not, you're not going to give it the airtime. Yeah, I'm not going to give them the satisfaction. So uh, <laughs> I don't. So here I'm reading it. I don't know if this pertains to quote unquote relationship advice per se, but there's a woman I work with who I saw on Tinder. Uh, I was like, LOL, and hit like for fun, and turned out she already liked me beforehand. So I messaged her asking if she still worked uh, worked with there. I hadn't seen her in a while. I'm reading it verbatim. Uh, she said she was per diem and she might be back but work somewhere else. Because of that, I was very cordial yet professional and left it alone. It gave the impression that I was just saying, quote, funny seeing you here, end quote. Well, now she's back full time and she works the same run I do, so I see her most nights. Awkward. I'm not interested in, in in pursuing a relationship because she has kids and I'm very much child-free, but it's a bit awkward because she doesn't know I am. Uh, she's very friendly to me now after we matched, and I don't want to be rude or put or be put in a situation where I could lose my job. How should I handle this as a socially awkward lulbert? And that's, that's all I'm going to give him. I'm not going to read the rest. Um, he wants to know how to handle it as a socially awkward lawbird. Doesn't he have that covered already? Well, like, because he is one. <laughs> oh, well, I, I thought he meant, like, how do I handle this like a socially awkward lawbird? Yeah. I'm like, dude, you got it's that like covered. You are, you're, you're, you're lawbird you Magnus. <laughs> <laughs> you know the score. <laughs> so so what, 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 should, uh, what should this guy do? What do you think? Doesn't want to lose his job. Doesn't want to be rude. Well, he didn't say this, but, like, is there any possibility that he could lose his job for this? This isn't, it's, this isn't sexual harassment. She's not your boss, it doesn't sound like. She well, just works at the same place you do. She, she really can't accuse you of sexually harassing her. You matched on Tinder, which means you both liked each other. You sent a very cordial, polite message. Nothing creepy. Nothing sexual, even. And it was... I, I agree from what you described. It really does sound like you were kind of saying, oh, huh, funny to see you here. Huh, huh. 
I've done that before, you know, with, I don't know, dating apps in the past where I saw someone I knew was just shoot them a message and say, hey, oh, funny, I see you or whatever. It's just, a, you know, it's, it's, I feel like that makes it less awkward because you're going to see that you saw each other or matched or whatever. So why not acknowledge it and just laugh, have a little chuckle about it and move on? Um, I think he did the right thing in that situation. Uh, as far as losing your job, if you treat her like any other coworker in a respectful way, there's no way you can lose your job. Yeah, I mean, there might be the stipulation in this person's job uh, that, you know, fraternizing isn't, like, allowed. You know, Right, but I, they I, weren't fraternizing. They never went out on a date. Right. They never chatted. You know, nothing, there, really nothing happened. Right. So I don't think there's anything to worry about there. Now, as far as the awkwardness of knowing that it sounds like he's saying that he thinks this woman possibly is interested in him for a relationship, mm-hmm. but he's not making any move because she has kids and he doesn't want uh, to date somebody with kids, but he's not explicitly telling her that. So she's just sitting there wondering like, oh, huh, is he like not making a move because we work together? Like what's holding him back? You know, um, I, I think like if you see her, especially outside of work, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing to say, like, hey, you know, I know we matched on Tinder, just to let you know, just so you're not wondering, like, why I didn't ask you out or anything. Uh, I know people don't really ask each other out on Tinder, but, like, just so you know, like, why I kind of, like, stopped messaging or whatever. Um, You know, it's just because I'm not looking for somebody with kids, and we also work together, or whatever you want to tell her about why you don't want to date her. You know, just say something nice and, like, simple, short, and just say, you know, I hope we can still be friends and work together. No no hard feelings. Um, acknowledging things makes them less awkward when you bring out the elephant in the room and say, hey, that's an elephant, and then you both have a good laugh at it. Well, don't call her an elephant. No. <laughs> Not, right, no, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to call her an elephant, but... But just say like, hey, you know, just so you know, I'm really not looking for a relationship. Or you could you could even make up a lie. Just say, you could say, hey, just so you know, I just started dating someone else. Um, let's be friends or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just simply say, look, I can't, I can't do the, you know, the the, the dating at work thing. Like, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just... That's and, better. I like that one better. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's pretty much what I would say if, if it comes up. I mean, at the same time, like me... You know, if I knew that there was somebody, I mean, and I've been in these situations, if you know that there's somebody who, like, who really digs you at work, like, it can be kind of fun just to be playful, you know, as long as you keep it at that surface level. And usually that gets solved by saying, hey, look, sometimes, you know, like, I just have this personality where I can be a bit flirtatious or something. You know, please, if, if it's if it's offensive or something, just tell me. I'll shut up. I wouldn't recommend and, that. No, he, he's not interested in her. Uh, right, I understand that. I, I'm just I'm putting that out there, like normally that, or not normally, but that sometimes you know it, it can work out that way. And I and I think I think you can you can do that. You just you you know you don't say any crazy shit where you can, you kind of get accused of you know sexual harassment or or something along and those please, lines. And please, for the love of God, only do it if the person is, like, sending signals back. Yeah, it's got to... can't be one-sided. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Women always, you know, let, let them take the, you know, take let them the take lead, the lead. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, generally, I would just say, look, I can't do the, the you know, the work dating thing. I yeah. just it, it just doesn't work. Or, and, you know what? I would say it's perfectly acceptable to not say anything. 
Yeah, sure. To just just go on and just be friendly and don't ask her out. I mean, obviously, you've been going on like this for a couple weeks now, right? Where you know that you matched on Tinder. She's at the same workplace as you. You haven't asked her out. She's just continuing to be friendly to you. But maybe one, you know, you think maybe she's wondering what's going on. Um, You could just let it keep going. I mean, eventually she'll just give up and realize that you're not going to ask her out. And she'll probably still be friendly to you. And you really don't have to do anything. I don't think you owe her an explanation about why you're not taking it further, right? Yeah, no, right. Absolutely. Um, But if you wanted to explain it, like if she confronts you about it or something, or if you feel, I don't know, if you really feel the need to clear the air, if you think that would make you feel better, then you can do it as we described before. But you really don't have to say anything at all. Sure. And I'd also recommend probably, like, I mean, another option is, is sort of the stand reaction, where when a, when a gal starts talking to you, just puke. Just, like, throw up. And, Great advice. You know, and, That's and, the awkward Lulbert thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, eventually she'll just be, okay, I got the hint. <laughs> and it's not rude. You just have that reaction. Anyway, uh, that's a South Park joke for those that don't know. Um, all right. So are we good with that one? Yeah. Okay, all right, we, we solved this person's problems, mm-hmm. every single one that the problem that this person has. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, what are you looking at? Just the time. Oh, okay. Um, and I can't see too well, so I'm kind of like yeah. squinting my face close to your computer. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, so next one is, oh, well, I mean, here's just a statement. No relationship, no problems. That's what I say. Hey, there you go. That, you know, that is totally fucking valid. You know, I think it is, and I think it's going to apply to one of the later questions. Okay. All right. But yeah, I'll just say quick, I mean, I, you know, when I moved to New Hampshire back in 2011, I didn't plan on ever having another relationship, because this is exactly, like, kind of the logic that I had. Just like, fuck this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. This is like, too much acid. Uh, yeah, like, I am not going to mess with this anymore. I'm not going to fall into any kind of traps or anything anymore. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm sick of this. But, well, you know, when you meet the lovely Nightbird Intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy, what are you going to do? So, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, but I'm just saying that this is a completely valid way to think. And shit, you know, whether you're a guy or gal, yeah, you know, hire a, a sex worker at some point if you really need to, like, you know, or just Do masturbate. Or masturbate or have a hookup or whatever. I don't know. Um, okay, so let's go on to uh, let's go on to the next one. We actually got a couple more that, that, that came that came in while we're recording. Uh, let's see. How in how, in your opinion, does being single a really long time negatively impact self-esteem? And any advice other than improve yourself for boosting self-esteem to the point of actually feeling like you are quote unquote good enough. Okay, so the question is, how does being single negatively impact self-esteem? Yeah, after like a really long time. Okay, well, let's take that part first. Sure. Um, first of all, some empathy. Um, I think I, I think everybody listening can understand what it feels like when you're single and you don't want to be. When you're looking for companionship and you feel lonely and you wish that you had love in your life. And maybe you don't need it but you still want it you know maybe you're like happy enough being single but it would be nice to have some companionship or maybe you're like oh my god if I only had a partner all of my problems would be solved you know you could have either one of those mindsets or something in between but it still sucks to be alone when you don't want to be 
So, um, you know, sorry to hear that. Um, I guess it's good to be thinking about it and it's good to be trying to improve yourself and trying to like seek out resources to potentially change your singlehood if you want to change it. Um, but I, I actually don't think that being single necessarily affects your self-esteem in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that if you're single when you don't want to be, sure, you could easily start thinking thoughts that, okay, what's wrong with me? Why aren't I good enough? You can easily start falling into those patterns of thought, but you don't necessarily have to. Maybe you're single for a while and you're like, hey, you know, I'm just happy with what I got, right? You can feel fine about yourself. You could choose to be single. You could be single and, you know, ideally you'd like to have a partner, but hey, you're not going to let it ruin your day, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're not going to let it ruin your month or your year or your life. (laughs) So I think a lot of it is in how you look at it. Um... I don't think it's necessary, to put this another way, I don't think it's necessary for good self-esteem to have a partner. And I don't think having a partner, if you have bad self-esteem, is going to give you good self-esteem. Self-esteem is an inside job. It's something you have to fix about yourself. And nobody else can do it for you. And how do you work on your self-esteem? Well, you could read books like Nathaniel Brandon's Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. You could work with a therapist. You could um, do some journaling. You could do some reading. You could spend time with friends. You, you could reflect on yourself, uh, reflect on your past experiences. Right. So, yeah, there's lots of ways to help develop your self-esteem, but the point is it is an inside job. And just getting a partner, getting a partner or getting a girlfriend or a date or whatever, a boyfriend or a non-binary friend, <laughs> whatever, might boost your self-esteem. It might give you a confidence boost temporarily, but it's not really going to fuel your self-esteem because that comes from you. Right. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. might be like a temporary confidence boost, but it's not in the long run. Your self-esteem comes from you. And that's good, right? Because we don't want other people to, to control our self-esteem. And it's actually very empowering to realize that we can have self-esteem without depending on another person to give it to us, right? We can have great self-esteem even if we're single, you know, even if maybe we don't want to be single or it's not our first choice, we can still have great self-esteem and we can still have, be very healthy uh, emotionally and mentally, even if we would rather not be single. That doesn't have to define us and it doesn't have to, um, it doesn't have to be the biggest problem in our life that we think if only this problem were solved then everything would be fine or everything would be better sure yes um just buy sex workers like (laughs) well not everyone can just go out and hire a sex worker i mean sometimes the cost is prohibitive sometimes they live in a rural area where they can't find somebody Sometimes sex workers don't want to take them as clients. Like, well, I mean, like go to go to the Golden Banana in Boston, and like, you know, get get the get the hookup. I mean, and and that's okay. So you just ignored like every um, potential obstacle I listed off. Like that is not possible for everybody to do, and it's not something that everybody wants to do. So <laughs> I don't think your advice is good, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm being somewhat in jest, but my my point being, uh, so I agree with everything that you said. 
Um, and in this is, see, this is tough because it sounds like I'm saying improve yourself, but I'm not exactly saying that. I mean, I could imagine, like, you know, except for very few people, where any kind of relationship that I would be in would really interfere with with self-development. But that's like, that matters to me. Or with doing the things that I love doing, you know. And, I mean, single, like you said, single doesn't have to be bad. I mean, like, it doesn't have to be this, like, death sentence. Yeah, actually, that's what I meant when I said that the, the comment of no relationship, no problems, or something like that yeah. could apply. I think it applies to this person's question about self-esteem. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, there's another way to look at being single, and that is that you don't have the complications of dealing with the potential problems that a relationship can raise. You know, look at it this way. Would you rather be single, or would you rather be in a relationship that's constantly causing you stress and headaches. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people would say they would rather be single. Now, I know, you know, you're probably feeling really lonely and you really wish you had some kind of a relationship. But I think after a while, it would start to it would start to seem like, okay, the grass isn't really greener, you know, if it's a really bad and stressful relationship. So look at it this way. If you're single, your life is simple in that department, right? You don't have to deal with constantly making, you know, compromises potentially for another person. You don't have to deal with thinking about another person all the time and being considerate of them. You can just do whatever you want to do. And that's a really liberating, really freeing thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, no, I, I agree with that all, all the way. I mean, you know, I, I still do. And like I said, I was kind of in half jest earlier, but like I still, I still do kind of think like, and I understand because in some areas of where people live, like sex workers are very independent, and they might turn you down or something. Like it's not like an establishment where no, as long as somebody has the money, they've got the time. And but I mean, but there are establishments where where you know if you've got the money, it it can happen. You know, and I and I would would go ahead. Are you saying, are you recommending to get a sex worker because you think that will give a temp, sort of that temporary confidence boost that might be able to get the person kicked off on the right track? No, I don't think it's because it's a confidence boost. I think it's like, I mean, I'm, it's, it's being kind of shallow in saying this, okay? Because obviously this per, or I think it's obvious this person wants love, not just sex. Right. Okay. Um, I'm just saying that, like, you know... I'm engaging, sure they wouldn't turn down sex. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that, like, that could that could really help, you know, and I, I don't mean as some kind of temporary confidence boost. I'm just saying, in general, I think that that, that can just really help in all of the ineffable ways that sex, uh, you know, can you know, can heal a person or, or, you know, give a person whatever, you know... I guess it could... Appraise take- whatever needs they have. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess I can see what you're saying, that it, it might take the pressure off so that the person can walk around with an air of confidence that, yeah, I've, I have gotten laid, so I'm not putting off these vibes to women that I might meet that I'm desperate for sex. Right. You know, yeah. and it, it can sort of take the edge off, and that can make you more attractive. Take the edge off. We, I like the way you put that, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to see your perspective, Brian, because yeah, I really didn't like your advice, but I'm trying to see <laughs> that maybe it, it No, could well, be, you, you just hit it. It yeah. takes the edge off. 
And that that's that is what I was trying to say. So it's late, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but uh, but I I think your advice overall is 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 solid. And and again, like like so many things in life are about how you look at them and and your perspective on them. And so many things can be reframed. In something you think is terrible can be looked at a different way, and it's amazing how that can shift your perspective and and just make you feel a lot better. Yeah. Um, all right. Shall we move on to the next one? Sure. Okay. Next one is my ex, and I'm reading this. I haven't read this yet, so reading it live here. My ex-wife, my ex-wife poisoned me with rat poison in my coffee. True story. What? <laughs> Did I do the right thing divorcing her? No alimony in exchange for dropping attempted murder charge. Otherwise, I would have been paying her alimony while she sat in jail. <gasps> A drunk weekend in Reno, a dive through a wedding chapel, and it was April Fool's Day. I guess that's how the wedding. That's went how down. they got married. Yeah. Uh, did you do the right thing, divorcing oh her? My oh God. fuck yeah! Yeah. And um, also, you're not going to get any, you know, you're not going to get any argument from us. Yeah, I mean, and, and really, you know, I'll just say this: like anything you can do to, and I and I, I've been through divorce. Anything you can do to where you can make it so that. Like you're not paying for that divorce for the years to come. Paying for alimony. Paying alimony. Or child support. Or ch- yeah, or anything like that. And I don't mean anything isn't to where like somebody is is like detrimentally, or, you know, towards to somebody's detriment. Like I'm not saying dodge child support or anything like that. I'm not saying that. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. No, no, like, no, no. I wouldn't recommend people skip out on their. No, child no, 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 no. I'm saying if you can make it right, you know, and there's 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 varying ways. There's legal terms for these things. If you can make it to where, okay, you know, we're, we're, we're making a clean break and it's mutually agreeable and mutual, okay, um, do that. You know, like absolutely do that. I cannot imagine how bad it would be to like constantly have to pay in for the rest of your life because of a divorce. I mean, it's a great argument for never fucking getting married, you know, like because, because there's so much legal crap. I, think, I understand that alimony is actually not very common. No, right. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, it's not. But I mean, but go ahead. It's when a, a spouse is like completely financially dependent on their spouse who is much wealthier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I just hear like so many people are like, oh, yeah, don't get married because that bitch is going to get half no, your money the, and a check every the month. The dude could fuck they, it up. Yeah. They're like, these women are just gold diggers. They're getting married and then they're going to get a check for the rest of their lives while us poor men have to pay all our money and... Like, everybody says stuff like that when alimony is actually really not very common. And as far as child custody and divorce, like, there's a reason why women often get custody of of children, because they're often the primary caregivers, you know, and that's, like, there's many reasons for that. Uh, Also, child support, like, can you really argue that, like, supporting your child is a, a, a good thing to do? You know, like, you created that child... You're responsible for it if you were paying if you were financially supporting the child before you got divorced then it's kind of only fair that you continue to do so after your marriage ends it wasn't the child's fault right you have no argument for me on everything you just said yeah i just hear so many men like bitching about divorce like how unjust it is that the I don't think it no I don't think it, I think marriage is unjust yeah. I don't think that divorce is unjust or like anything like that I think marriage is the dumbass idea 
<laughs> like setting you guy or gal setting yourself up for that like for that legal framework that you have to exist within guy or gal it doesn't matter i think it's ridiculous like, <laughs> like i'm not defending any of that you know yeah i mean it's just too bad that the state is like a party in your marriage i mean yeah and that the idea like the the whole institution of marriage i mean yeah we don't like it <laughs> let's just move on but um yeah, I, I just didn't want it to sound like we were going on this like MRA rant about how oh, unfair no. divorces are. To hell men. no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not making that that claim at all. Um, I, you know, and do, do the women get favored in in family court and all that stuff? Sure, but again, where's the real problem? You know, the problem is that 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 legal framework exists in the first place. Really, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, and. It, yeah, if people were just way more intentional in their relationships and a lot more self-aware, I mean, so much of this stuff would be completely, completely avoided. Um, the women are not out to get you, like, like deal with no. that. I mean, in this case, I mean, holy well, shit, she was she kind of was out to get Yeah, him. she was out to get you, man. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I think uh, the alimony was just a bonus, though. Yeah, and I'm glad you survived. But, yeah, me too. Uh, holy uh, shit. Holy shit, you know, but... Uh, but yeah, like like all of these. You're right, Stephanie. All of these tropes about you know that that all you know make a set up a prenup. Oh, that bitch is out to get you and all that. I mean, like no, that this this kind of thing is just doesn't. I don't think that happens nearly as as common or anything remotely like that. Is is I mean, and guys can do the same thing. Like I mean, how many guys? You know, you just don't hear any stories about them. How many you know? How many of these young dudes get with the older gals or something? That you know they have a ton of money, mm-hmm. or uh, you Mariah know, Carey or whatever, and yeah, whatever you know. I mean, like it, it go. You know, plenty of guys do the do this shit too, and nobody seems to ever really talk about that. And so, anyway, um, wow, what a story! That's crazy. Yeah, I don't want to take away from the story. We're glad you're here. Yeah. This person has a lot of crazy stories. I mean, not yeah. that I'm doubting in them or anything. It's just that. What a wow. life. Yeah, what a life. What a life. All right, let's go on to the next one. What are, and then we'll do one more after this, and then that's it. Uh, what are the chances of a healthy, long-term relationship with someone when there is a 19-year age difference? Ooh, that's a big age difference. Yeah. I mean, I would say the chances increase the older the people are. So a 19-year age difference is not that big of a, a deal when one person's 80 and the other person is 61, although that's still a pretty big deal. I mean, those are different stages of life, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bigger deal when somebody's 21 and the other one's 40, you know? I'm not saying it can't work, right? But, um, yeah, I, I just think that... At that point, you're dealing with the 21-year-old and the 40-year-old. You're dealing with somebody who's literally twice your age, you know, had lived a whole life before you were even born. Or the one person had lived a whole life before the other person was even born. And I don't know. I just think there's going to be a lot of uh, generational and cultural differences between people who grew up 20 years apart, right? Yeah. Um, I mean... That's from, the thing from always the from media and entertainment and movies that were on in your childhood. I mean, they might be like a huge Star Wars fan and you've never even seen it because you're too young. Right. Right? <laughs> you missed it. Or, 
I don't know, like when they grew up, there was no internet. And when you grew up, there was like Facebook and phones when you were pre-age 10. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, easily, uh, my biggest problem with any like dramatic, uh, not to say that the younger person can't be into older shit, but when you have that dramatic age difference is that, yeah, you grew up in two very different cultures. You have different lingo, you have different... Uh, tastes. There's different things you're used to. You might love black and white films when they, you know, despise the very notion of it because it looks so alien to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's like there's a lot of these things, you know, like that. I mean, and it's not to say that those can't be either a overcome or b. There's oddities where the younger person could be into that. Uh, but th- I mean, that's 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 something to consider. Uh, the other part is is you know, let's be honest and regardless of gender, okay, regardless of gender, someone's going to be 70 and the other person's just going to be going into their 50s. Yeah. And that is, those are two very different body types at that point and what those bodies can do. Yeah. Um, And and what, and desires and frailty. Pack 40 and 60. Yeah. Two different body types. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only the only reason I, I guess I didn't go there, like, I, yeah, and before thirty anybody, and fifty. Yeah, right. Twenty right. and forty. Well, but yeah, bef- before anybody says it, I mean, well, twenty and forty is not so. I mean, forty year olds are a much. It depends on the forty year old. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, there's sixty year old. There, there's guys that are like sixty three, sixty five around there, where they look incredible. They look better than most twenty year olds. You know, there's women uh, in their 60s who look hot too. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, and in the 50s, I mean, like, yeah. So that's why I kind of went to the extreme of being yeah. in your 70s. But the point's kind of the same: is that you know, a long-term relationship, which is specifically what they said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that I don't think that can work. Mm. You know, uh, it wouldn't be my first choice. I mean, but having said that, you know. I guess if you're really willing to try and both people are going into it with a lot of awareness and you just really love love each other or are drawn to each other, anything can be overcome. You know, any kind of yep. difference like that can sure. be overcome. But it's going to take a lot of intention and a lot of consciousness and a lot of discussion and a lot of awareness. And it's going to be work, you know, to reconcile that, that to square that circle, so to speak. And it, it, it would it, it'll be harder. And now that is not to say that two people who are exactly the same age are guaranteed to be compatible no. and they're going to have a good relationship. No, that is just not not sufficient for a relationship to work. Just being just simply being the same age. But I do think there is an additional challenge when you you come in at totally different stages of life at totally different body types at totally different uh, experiences of your childhoods and past. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And at totally different levels of life experience, right? Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to even relate to people who are, <laughs> to people who are like 15 years younger than me, right? I have a hard time. Like, I don't think I would date anybody that was 15 years younger than me. And that would that would just be like, I don't know what we would talk about. It it would be hard to find common ground and also common, I don't know, just just a common level of conversation between because we have such different levels of life experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think of myself 15 years ago, I would have been 18. And man, I would, 
I'd, I'd be able to carry on a conversation with myself, but I'm a very different person now than I was at that at age 18. Sure. Yeah, I mean... I'll and I be, probably would have thought that I would be mature enough to date a 33-year-old guy when I was 18. But uh, guess what, 18-year-old Stephanie? You weren't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll be the first to say age doesn't define excellence, but I think your point is sound. I think, you know, I, th- I think there's something to be said for that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the chances are slim for a healthy long-term relationship. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, chances are slim... For most pairings, but yeah, especially yeah. for that. Yeah, this is not helping. So, uh, okay. Do we have any more detail? Like, are they the one in no. it, or is it their friend? Or no, okay. that's that's it. Um, I mean, again, yeah, like you said, it's possible that it could work, but I don't know. Um, I need a reality check. Uh, okay, so let's go on to the next one, um, and this is kind of a big question. So, and we, we're running out of time, so we probably just want to be kind of brief with it. And just describe it quickly. Uh, I don't know how to make this a question, but I am super curious about what different types of open relationships look like. Oh. Uh, so can I start this off? Yeah. Um, so I really think that it can be broken down into like two or three, in my opinion, what open relationships look like. Okay. Okay. Uh, the one open relationship is most akin to what's called swinging where the two of you, you know, whatever it is, man, 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 woman, woman, woman. It's um, centered around a couple? Yeah, it's centered around a couple, mm-hmm. and you regularly get hookups. Like, you regularly get... With other couples or singles, right? Yeah, like with other couples, couples or singles, where it's people maybe you just met or something along those lines, but it doesn't really, like, it's not an emotionally invested yeah. uh, relationship There's an in understanding by everybody involved that this is not love. Right, this is sex. This is for sexual fun. Yeah. So that's type 1. Uh type 2 is where we get into the realms of polyamory where it can where it's you uh let, just for example, let's say it's man and a woman, a couple. And maybe the woman has a girlfriend. Okay. Uh and maybe the man has a boyfriend mm-hmm. or maybe the man has another girlfriend or something like that. But those, what they would call metamors, mm-hmm. right? The, which would be the, the... A metamor is a partner of a partner. Right. So, but they, you don't, like, you don't stoop your wife's girlfriend and, right. you know, your, your wife doesn't fuck, or, you know, the, the, the wife doesn't fuck the husband's mm-hmm. girlfriend. There are people involved in the polycule or the, the, the group of people that are not fucking each other. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's another type. And then there's the third type, which is where however many people are in this, what you call the polycule, whatever, the love triangle, love rhombus, whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> um, all of you are in love together. Like three, four people, however many it is, everybody's... Some, some people call this an open table relationship mm-hmm. where, like, everybody comes to the table together mm-hmm. um, and... You know, and, and it's all one big relationship. I thought open table was the opposite of don't ask, don't tell, where you are honest with, where everybody's honest with all their partners about all their other partners. Oh. Whereas don't ask, don't tell, polyamory or open relationships are basically what they sound like, where it's usually like a couple and one of the 
one of the people says, okay, well, you can go off with other people, have relationships, date other people, fuck other people, whatever. I just don't want to know about it because that'll make me jealous. Mm. So that's don't ask. Don't oh, okay, tell. okay. Open table polyamory or or kitchen table polyamory yeah. or whatever is where everybody's open with everybody else about what's going on. And in fact, they're all friends and they can all hang out together. Even it, like, let's say, Brian, that, um, well, I'll just make up a fictional example. Let's say, like, Alan and Barbara are a couple mm-hmm. and Barbara has a girlfriend named Callie. Okay. And Callie has a husband named Dick. Okay. <laughs> see how, see what I did there? Oh. <laughs> uh, Alan and Dick might be neighbors and friends, but they're not fucking each other. And Alan is not fucking Callie. Just Barbara and Callie. Right. Uh, are fucking each other. And each husband and wife are fucking each other. Uh, so then they all get together on Sunday night for dinner and everybody who is together can be affectionate with each other and the other ones are just friendly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's almost getting into Barbara and Dick are having a good time joking around. Alan and Dick are joking around. Right. Callie and Alan are joking around. Okay. So like that's describing type two where people have metamorphs. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you did bring up a type four, which is where... The, the couple, maybe, um, are, uh, like, they have a don't ask, don't tell policy. It's like, okay, yeah, you're you're going to end up fucking somebody else at some point. Just don't tell me about it. I don't want to yeah. know. Uh, that, you know, that's also kind of commonplace, too. Yeah. Um, I Those th- often do- break down. Yeah. I, that's a hard one to do. I th- in my opinion, I think those, this is my opinion on judging, I think those are very unhealthy. Like, I, I, I don't think that those are okay to have that. Like, don't... Not that there's necessary... I mean, it depends. Like, what obligations people have to say what they're doing with a partner depend upon the severity of, of what your other partner... Like, what your relationship is with other partners. Like, if this is a really loving, serious, long-term relationship that's happening... I mean, there's health concerns involved. Like, there's a lot of very good reasons why... No, you should tell me. If you're, you know, the person should tell me if there's if there's something going on, or if they're, uh, you know, sleeping with somebody else, or something like that. Like, like there should be some awareness. Maybe you don't have to go into too many details, but like, I just really feel like I feel like there's so much going on um, that's not being talked about. Yeah, I I also feel like if you really can't stand to hear about your partner's activities with other people without just going insane with jealousy, maybe an open relationship or polyamory is is not for you. Maybe you just don't, maybe you're just not okay with it. Yeah, which is... You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Which is maybe the most important thing to say about open relationships, regardless of type. They're not for everybody. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's okay. okay. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally okay that, 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 like, nobody is a lesser person for not being into polyamory mm-hmm. or swinging or anything like that. Just, you got to know yourself. Yeah. You got to know your tolerances. You got to know, you know, how you react to these sorts of things. And look, if you think you're okay with it and then it happens and you find out you're not okay with it, well, then the conversation has to be had. And, um, you know, and, and, and yet, I mean, that might be a hard conversation, but it's okay if suddenly you're not okay with it. 
you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, in any kind of open relationship or non-monogamous situation, I would say non-monogamy is an umbrella term that encompasses swinging, polyamory, all the types that we just described. Yeah. Right? Open relationship often... It's it's hard to define what open relationship means. I think for some people, open relationship has a connotation of a couple that maybe does some swinging or some dating of other people, but it's not quite polyamory, right? Swinging is like basically just sexual fun. There's really no boundaries that are get blurred between yeah. usually married heterosexual couples. Yeah. Although that's kind of changing. There's a little bit more diversity and queerness in the space, but it's usually... Swinging traditionally, you know, when you think of swingers, you think of married heterosexual couples from the 1970s who would bring an ambrosia salad with Cool Whip over to their friend's house. Everybody puts their keys in a bowl and you pick a random key, key and then you go home with somebody else's wife. Yeah. <laughs> and, but nobody gets divorced. Right. <laughs> That's what you think of when you think of swinging. And it's okay for there to be some bi curiosity between women as long as the men can kind of watch and participate. But nothing between the guys. No, no, no. That's gay and that's bad. <laughs> so that's what I think of when I think of swinging. Now, that's probably an outdated image of swinging, but it's a stereotype that persists nonetheless because that was a popular way to practice swinging yeah. for a very long time, and it still is in some circles. Uh, polyamory uh, is about love, and it's also about sex, too, and it's also about dating and the beginning of relationships and figuring out if you want to be in a relationship with somebody, and it's about lots and lots and lots of talking and communication, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> lots. So, yeah, polyamory is more about the love and the emotional intimacy and stuff like that uh, and the romance and that kind of thing, I would say. So so those are some some terms. There's one more type of polyamory. Single poly? Solo poly. Solo yeah, poly, yeah. That's right. So that was going to be type five. Okay. That I was just going to yeah, mention. We're adding types. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I thought about it while you were just describing yeah. everything. But So what is solo polyamory? Oh, go ahead. Or so, so, single poly or solo poly? Uh, so solo polyamory is basically you have a solitary person who prefers, for whatever reason, either at this time in their life or for their whole life, to live alone, usually, mm -hmm. to, be, to live on their own, and to not have what would be considered, in other polytypes, a primary partner. A primary partner is usually a live-in partner, a spouse, somebody where you... or even a long-term girlfriend or boyfriend. It's, a primary partner is usually somebody who's recognized by pretty much all of society, conventional society to be your partner and acknowledged as such. And they have a certain status that comes with that. Now, in certain, in certain types of poly relationships, uh, people will, will get hierarchical about it. They'll say, well, this is my primary partner. We live together. We're husband and wife or whatever. We've been together for 10 years. And then I have a secondary partner who I see on the weekends. <laughs> right. And he has a secondary partner who he sees once a week or, or whatever on Wednesday nights when I babysit and I have a tertiary partner who I hook up with every six months <laughs> you know yeah. some people get really hierarchical about it um, in solo polyamory the person t it's, it's one person and they, they say I don't want to have a, a primary partner I want to be you know pretty much for all intents and purposes considered by society single live on my own usually and kind of be free to date 
and love whoever I want. I might have no partners. I might have multiple partners. I might have one, but be open to others. You know, but I'm the sort of the center of the universe. It's like a spoken wheel kind of model. Instead of being centered around a couple, it's centered around an individual. Would it be fair to call you the um, the eternal unicorn? <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, they may not want to be a unicorn because they may not want to date couples. They may, oh, right, they right, may right, only right, want to right. date other singles. Right, good point. It gets so complicated. Yeah. There's another type of um, polyamory that I thought about, too. Okay, type um, six. Okay. <laughs> so we were talking about um, we were talking about solo polyamory, and that started a conversation about primary partners, okay, and secondary partners. There are some people who sometimes they call themselves relationship anarchists or uh, non-hierarchical polyamorists who don't want to assign labels like primary or secondary to their partners. Mm -hmm. They just have partners and everybody is equal. So you're left to kind of sort that out however you will. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, and and that's, that's a fair one to bring up. I mean, I think that kind of fits into like type three that I mentioned where like everybody's just in love with everybody. Yeah, sure. Uh, It doesn't have to be everybody's in love with everybody. Right. Right. That's where it would be different. Yeah. um, It's more of that everybody's equal and they don't want to, they don't want to, assign any partner second-class citizen status. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want anybody to feel less important than anybody else, which makes a certain degree of sense, I think, because, sure. you know, it, what they often say in polyamory is that each lover or partner is different. The way you feel about them, your relationship, it's different and special and unique. And you can't put them in a hierarchy of one is better than the other or one is more important than the other. It's just, they're just different. They're not, they're not better than or less than. They're just different. Yeah, yeah, no fair. Yeah. So that language reinforces that idea. Sure, yeah. I mean, and honestly, like all these different types, other than type four, which is the don't ask, don't tell, um, I think are perfectly fine. You know, like I, I, I have no real, no real issue uh, with any of them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to defend. Don't ask, don't tell. I mean, I think it can be a good. I think it can can often be a first step for some people, right? Where it's it's often like people who are new to open relationships. Maybe they've had a monogamous relationship and they're trying to open it up and convert it to an open relationship, mm-hmm. and they say, "Look, you know." I'm, I'm, I'm right there. I'm on board with the idea of my partner dating other people. I really want to do this. I want to be okay with this, but I'm just not 100% there yet. So I think it would make it easier on me if I just didn't hear about it. If I didn't hear too many details, maybe they work out which kind of details they do want to hear and which they don't. Like for example, you know, you might go on a date with somebody else and then you might come home and tell your live-in primary partner oh, I went on a date with somebody else. Um, we didn't have sex. Or we, we had sex and we used a condom. Or we had, you know, something like that. We had a great time. I'm going to see them again next Tuesday. You wouldn't tell them, oh my God, we had this hot, passionate makeout session in the park and then he reached his hand under my skirt and then um, I pulled out a condom and put it on his dick and he has such a big dick and I really like that. 
that kind of talk like turns some people on and they get off on it and they like it but it makes some people jealous and feel bad so people have different reactions to hearing their intimate partner talk about being with someone else in such a in intimate way so i think it's it's fair to be like aware about your reactions to that, that kind of stuff and to take it slow as far as hey, like, I want to hear about this, but I don't want to hear, like, the details don't turn me on. Just tell me the bare minimum that I need to know to be aware of everything with, you know, safe sex and to know what's going on with my partner. And don't give me too many sordid, juicy details because that just stresses me out. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Okay. So, yeah, I, I mean... Well, anyway, I, I think it's interesting to explore. I mean, the, and, and these are, you know, I, I don't know that we are exactly comprehensive, but these are a lot of the different types of open relationships. Yeah. And like I said, they're all, you know, well, I, I still have some issues with type four, but your, your points are, are, are certainly interesting. Um, you know, but they're valid. You, you know, do whatever one kind of works for you. And oh, you know, while we're on the subject of, open relationship types that we don't like so much. Sure. I have one that I don't like. Ooh. The unilateral open relationship. What's that? <laughs> that is when people are in a couple, usually, situation. One person starts getting bored of their partner but doesn't want to end it. So they go around telling everybody, oh, yeah, 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 we have an open relationship. Oh. When they've never actually cleared that with their partner. The partner yeah. has never actually agreed to it. Yeah. <laughs> or they browbeat their partner and say, look, if you don't open up our relationship and be fine with me dating other people, I'm just going to break up with you. And the partner says, well, I really don't want that, but I guess I have no choice because if I don't agree to this, I'm going to lose you. That's kind of like the gun to their head, polyamory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Both of those, I think, are not, like, true forms of open relationships because it's really not getting consent of of the person who's reluctant or un- unknowing. Sure. <laughs> but I guess they would technically fall under the... You might encounter those kinds of relationships if you're in non-monogamous or open relationship circles, let's just say. You might encounter those kinds of relationships just out in the wild, I've definitely had situations where I've been at a libertarian event or party and a guy comes up to me and starts talking to me and says, I say, oh, yeah, that's a wedding ring, isn't it? Are you married? And he's like, yeah, I'm married, but we have an open relationship. Really? Can I call your wife right now and talk to her about that? Because I'd love to talk to her about it. I mean, like, they obviously wouldn't let you do that because their wife doesn't know or their wife doesn't consent. Right. (laughs) So... Yeah, yeah, that's when it's ugly. Yeah. So, but of course, women can do that too, and not you know non heterosexual couples can do that too, definitely. Yeah. You like I would say, if you want to sleep with somebody or date somebody who you know has has a partner, but you haven't talked to their partner, like talk to their partner before you go out on that date with them or before you sleep with them. Yeah, see, but that's why... Verify it. Yeah, but that's why I think type 4 is is so potentially unhealthy, because, I mean, that kind of leads to what you're describing. You don't know, you know? And and I think openness is key. I mean, you know, for any... It really does make it better. Like, if 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 you care about somebody and they tell you, hey, you know, I'm dating this other person, or I like this other person, I have a crush on this other person, if you don't know the other person, 
you start imagining the worst. You imagine they're better looking than you. They're yep. better in bed than you. They must have some amazing thing that you don't have. And then you start to feel horrible and super jealous. But if you actually meet the person and you see that they're actually a good dude or a good gal or whatever, they're a good person, it, you immediately start to relax because you can't imagine those. Your mind can't fill in the blanks with the worst possible <laughs> uh outcome you know right <laughs> you actually get a more realistic picture of who the other person is and you usually you'll say yeah you know i like them and i feel my concerns are put at ease or maybe you don't like them and that's another story but at least you know them and you're basing those feelings on reality of knowing the person and not just imagining the worst yeah i think transparency and sharing are just like really you know sharing of what's going on of information like that, that's just I just see that as key. It's something that I want, you know, just on a personal opinion level, mm-hmm. um, you know, in these cases. Uh, but anyway, I, I think that's a good overview. Yeah. Some good, some bad, and then that, that covers that ground. Yeah. So I think that'll do it for this relationship rhombus show. Uh, there oh, are, yeah, we rounded out the rhombus. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, but no, no other... Send in your relationship questions to... Brian's email. What is Brian? What is your email? BBS at SovereignTech.com. All right. Uh, you can send them there, or you can send them through Patreon, of course, because this is Patreon-only content. Thank you so much to all the patrons for making this uh, possible and affording me the time, us the time, uh, to be able to uh, to do it. And again, this is probably going to be monthly, so if you want it, you don't have to wait for me to ask, hey, you got any relationship questions? You can just send them in, and, and I'll just stockpile them. Uh, for for when we when we do these shows, like I said, at least once a month. So, uh, Stephanie, thank you so much, of course, Yay, for being on. Thanks for having me on, Brian. I think it's time to uh, that bed is looking awfully it's tempting. It's looking real nice. Yeah, yeah very let's nice. Go. So All let's, right. let's bye, bye, everybody. All right, thank see you on the questions. other side. Woo.